0: what is up guys we are back again with another episode of the podcast and in today's episode thankfully we're not joined by Gary I know he he ruins the podcast for everyone's experience you don't need to tell me but we are here with another fellow triage coach in Shane Shane how are you
1: not too bad enjoying the first day of 2023 so far at least yeah, so for some context, we are actually recording this very
0: early in the morning on the first of January. So we're just highlighting the fact that we're both getting after it from day one of the year. No hangovers, <laughs> nothing. We're straight into it, straight into work. Um, but anyway, look, we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk pleasantries. We already had our pleasantries, Shane, before before the call, uh, or not before the call, before the podcast started, I should say. But what we are here to talk about is your. Well, actually, we're here to talk about a lot, but the highlight of it probably is going to be your experience last year because you actually did quite a lot last year you accomplished quite a lot um in two different well distinctly different sports obviously there's an overlap as people will be aware but in two different sports you competed at a very high level you achieved pretty fantastic results i would say um like anyone looking at that from the outside would be like wow that's that's pretty impressive um for the listeners, what did you do last year? What am, what am I even talking about?
1: So last year I competed in both powerlifting and bodybuilding. So started the year, finishing off my powerlifting for the year with a competition in Irish Nationals. So at that I totaled seven hundred kilos. So total essentially is your combination of your squat, bench, and deadlift, and the the combination of those three led to seven hundred nice round number so working towards that for I suppose since I started powerlifting really because uh, that was like a number that when I started powerlifting I was like I probably I don't think I'll ever really get to that and if I get to that I'll be pretty pretty satisfied and then after achieving that I knew a few like probably the year before if I achieved that number then I'd be probably in a good position to start a bodybuilding prep because I'd probably have a decent amount of muscle by the time I lift those logs. so that's what I did I did bodybuilding prep last year. So, yeah, last year now, Jesus. Uh, it was a 36 week long prep. So, once Nationals was finished, pretty much had like a bit of a week interlude to kind of enjoy a week of not being extremely focused on like a particular goal. And once that week was finished, I uh, got straight into the bodybuilding prep. So, pretty much 25, 26 weeks until my first show from March to September. Started shows in September and then finished them in late November. So competed two, three in Ireland and two in two national federations, one in an untested federation, and then after that was like international shows in the UK, in Hungary, and in the US. Yeah. So as
0: I said, guys, Shane did a lot last year. <laughs> um, international competitions. You know, it just it sounds good, but. Before we focus too much on this year, right, that's just a little bit of context for for the listeners, right? I want you to start back at the start, right? So young Shane, you start off in the gym, right? And the reason we're starting here is because, again, this stuff is, it it takes time. It takes years to develop, first of all, an idea of what you actually want to achieve from all of this stuff. You know, not everyone wants to do powerlifting. Not everyone wants to do bodybuilding. Some people just want to, you know, lift weights, be healthy, whatever, right? So you probably came into this whole journey not going, Oh, yeah, I want to have a 700 total. Oh, yeah, I want to do a bodybuilding competition. Well, bodybuilding competition, you maybe did come into it thinking that because, you know, a lot of uh, us started in our teens going like, yeah, like, I'm going to go do a bodybuilding competition. thats I want to be jacked. I want to be lean, you know. But bring us back to uh, young Shane starting
1: off. Yeah, so I think I've I've been pretty fortunate in the sense that I grew up playing sports, like, my entire life, really. Like, I started playing sports, like, when I was, like, Six, I think, and uh, started off playing like soccer, badminton, and uh, probably not the most like a uh, strength specific sport, but okay yeah, it's a sport nonetheless, right? And so, yeah, I, I pretty much grew up my entire life playing sports, got into a very good kind of sports school. And when I was in secondary school, where pretty much all me and my friends had to do after class was we had to stay in the school until like half seven. So we just had to play sports and stuff like that to keep yourself occupied. So got involved in a lot of sports and one or two of the sports that like I really stuck to were like GAA and rugby. So through like playing them, I was like in positions where being strong was ideal. So I played like midfield when I played Gaelic, I played back row when I played rugby. So for those positions, you know when you're young you can get away with being like maybe like the kind of gorilla on the team which I was uh like one of those kind of gorillas uh when I was like in first to second year but then like you know as soon as everybody else hits puberty and starts to catch up you need to start doing things to kind of distinguish yourself and kind of make yourself a little bit stronger along the way so I started just doing like push-ups and sit-ups like most nights because they're the two basic exercises that you do right to get better at sports so just started doing them pretty much every night for like one or two years, you know, got got decently stronger, got decently bigger. Did it improve my sports performance? Don't really know, but like you know, from there I kind of like really got involved with you know I suppose strength training or some kind of physical development. Ah, uh, seen some results from it, like you know physical results that look that looked pretty cool. And then once, like, you know, got into the transition year, got access to the school gym that's when I started like actually lifting weights for the first time. So I already had like a bit of a base behind me in terms of like physical development from like playing so much sports then as well through like just doing literally, I suppose, calisthenic training at home. And then once I got into the gym, I had a good base of strength. Didn't really know what I was doing at the time when I got into the gym, but I I love going in there. I love going in there. I love pushing myself. Uh, There was a guy who was like kind of over, Looking us after the kind of uh, classing period had had finished to make sure we weren't act, acting the bollocks, and uh, he was big into the gym and he like showed us some of the kind of ropes as to like number one, you know, how to actually train hard because like you know you can go into the gym and just be like pissing away, like, you know, kicking the kicking the leg extension with no real kind of intensity and um, having no real kind of structure to your workouts, and he essentially kind of said right here's like you know brow split to follow. I'll bring it through like you know each one of the sessions showed us how to like you know actually push ourselves to the gym and then kind of from there i kind of understood okay this is what each session should look like in terms of you know a flow to it in some respect and actually like how i should feel during the session and after the session and that like just by following that from like transition here to like you know uh, like when i graduated i had built like pretty pretty decent physique at that stage um, and then Like college started i suppose
0: yeah and just on that i think it's actually first of all in this day and age people have access to such good information like you don't even realize how shit because you're nearly as old as i am we're getting old uh how shit the information you actually used to get exposed to was like people complain these days being like oh social media is so bad but at least you have some access to information what we had was crap absolute dog shit right um So you kind of, you find yourself in a position where if you have a, we'll call them a mentor, someone to guide you, someone to show you the way, it actually saves you so much time. And that is still the case to this day. But I, I just always think it's really interesting how humans are just such natural, like teachers, like we want to show each other what we know, like, that guy who was watching over you like he probably didn't get paid to show you guys how to lift weights probably didn't get paid to do anything but he was like oh look i want to i want to help these guys i want to show them like he obviously enjoyed the gym he was like this is what i know this is what i do this is how i structure probably wasn't perfect probably wasn't you know anything fantastic he probably picked it up from those crap fucking magazines and whatever else that we were exposed to but at least it started you on the path at least it started you going like okay so this is how I train hard. This is how, you know, I should maybe think about structuring a workout. And again, the reason I'm emphasizing that is because even a poorly put together plan is better than no plan. You know, like you just have to go out, you have to execute. And that's something that I think a lot of people, they, you know, they get this paralysis by analysis and they're like, Oh, what should I do? Should I do this? Whatever. You just need to go out and and work hard. Like the results will come. Yeah. Okay. You can get faster, better results if everything is dialed in, but, the first step is hard work you know
1: yeah yeah it's very true because like i could i can tell you right now like when i was following that plan like it didn't have like the optimal frequency per muscle group it didn't have like all the exercises laid out to fit my biomechanics it was issued like bare bones these are like four or five lifts to do each session turn up for those sessions train hard like you know with a friend and just be consistent with it and like that was sufficient enough at the time to like get me where I wanted to be. Like I like if you asked me back then, like if I was very happy with my results, I would have said like 100 percent you know, and even like my nutrition wasn't the best back then, like I was eating a shed load of food because as young I was very active. Um, so I probably could get away with like you know, having a little bit more kind of like lax nutritional practices, but at the at the same time, like it was really just kind of executing the fundamentals. Uh, which I do think you know, people can kind of gloss over because people do kind of want the, like, you know, the one thing they're kind of missing, like the kind of the sexy kind of secret that you know they're kind of missing out on, and it's unfortunately just not the case. It's just again consistency over time, like you know, applying yourself really, really hard, and that will get you like a, a very, very far way along, along the way.
0: Yeah, and I think that is uh, a big thing that people fall down in this day and age where. We want the sexy, we want the the new, the novel. They're like, oh, this is this is exciting. You know, you go on social media, you see all these new exercises randomly put together, whatever. When really people just need to f- focus on fundamentals. And I'm actually writing a few articles for our website that's just like, this is just a baseline stuff. This isn't really in-depth, you know, niche, like really dived into every single point but it's giving you this template going like, okay, here's how you do nutrition. Here's the basics of training. Here's the basics of sleep. Here's the basics of stress. Just so you can go somewhere and go, okay, that's what they think the fundamentals are. So when we reference the fundamentals, eventually there will be stuff up on side where it's like, there's the fundamentals. We can talk about the sexy once you're doing these fundamentals, you know? Um, but the only reason we're laying this groundwork is because there's young Shane, right? You've gone off to college now. You're like, okay, I have a, a decent base. When did you start thinking about okay, actually, I want to, I want to push training a bit more, I want to, you know, maybe do powerlifting, maybe I want to do some bodybuilding, because there's a, there's a point, I think, for a lot of people where they can go kind of two ways, where if you're a really good responder to training, which I would say you're a a moderate responder to training, like you've got good results, but I wouldn't say you're just a Uh, super athlete hyper responder like you go into the gym and you go boom muscle just fucking packs on you strength just packs on you but it's not like you're a a non-responder like a low responder it's not like you're like oh fuck like I'm not getting any results I'm doing everything right and nothing's happening right you're a kind of moderate responder which I think actually surprisingly a lot of people fall into that case and they don't they don't really realize because they're not consistent right they think they're a low responder when really they just need to train for longer or maybe train a little bit harder right um and it's rare that you see these like hyper responders right so you're you're fucking bang average right
1: sorry (laughs) i I definitely would agree because like at the end of the day like if i was an extremely high responder like i would have won every single show that i did this year i would be in like the top three of like my weight class and powerlifting right but like it's just not the case like i've been if i didn't have the results i have now after training the way i've been training for like the last 14 years or whatever since i since i was 15 like i would actually be like shocked i'd be disappointed <laughs> you know
0: that's why i always say people go like oh you must be on steroids or whatever i'm like if this is the results you get from steroids i want a refund
1: <laughs> <laughs> i need a
0: <the> new dealer <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but right so you're you're an average responder and again as i was saying like people can kind of go two ways if you're a really good responder to training it can almost disincentivize you because you're like, oh, I can always just do eight weeks of training and I'll be in good nick. Right. So they don't stay consistent. Then you have the opposite case where you get these people that are really like low responders. And again, they can go two ways where they're like, oh, like I'm just not getting results. So I'm not even going to try. Or they're like, I'm not getting results. I need to go deep on this stuff. I need to really figure out how to get results because. I just I don't get results, so I want to know what's wrong. What am I doing wrong? What am I missing out on? You know, um. So, was there any point in that kind of journey when you got into college where you were like, okay, maybe you're just keeping up good habits. You're taking away doing your gym three, four, five times a week. Like especially for guys, a lot of the time there's a social aspect to it as well, where you're like, I'm going with the lads to the gym or whatever. Now I go to the gym in the morning, so all the lads are like, oh, I'm sleeping ridiculous <laughs> um but there's a social aspect to it college what's what's the timeline there what's the what's the kind of
1: beginnings of the vision for you so i think like when i got into college um probably like a lot of people i was a bit of a, a bit of a lunatic in my my early years like you know i was definitely prioritizing more drinking and partying than studying and uh training that's that's uh just some honesty there for you but, like you know then you know training was still happening in the background uh, very very much so just wasn't as kind of consistent as like focus as it was like when I was in school. I'd given up playing rugby because I couldn't commit to traveling up and down from my like, Dublin to draw you know two three times a week as well as like giving up days of the week weekend where i could be working and earning money to play for to play sports. So training was like my only actual kind of like, physical outlet like left after growing up all these years with with sport. So I think, like, naturally, as I was, like, going through the process of, like, you know, living the college life and having training going and on in the background, I did get to a point where, you know, I wasn't necessarily seeing the same kind of level of results as I once was uh, when I was in school. And I didn't need to start kind of, like, level up, like, my kind of approaches as such. So I did start, like, following some people, on like youtube um, i remember like it was around the time when like rob lips that actually started his like uh his youtube page i got a few friends who like went to school with him and like i started like following some of the stuff that he was saying and it was pretty much like is very like you know kind of basic but straightforward stuff like you know time your time arrest periods you know here's how you do your double progression model with like you know your actual kind of sets and reps or whatever like that and just started following that and then just from doing that start to get good, like better results again Start to get stronger started to get bigger and then discover more information like you know how many times i should be training my muscle groups per week started getting more kind of results from that uh found out like you know about different kind of different splits as opposed to just bro splits so started following that like you know got better results Start found out about how to like you know track macros and then started doing that Start get better results yet again so all through like the kind of college process is kind of finding all these kind of little strips and drabs of information and just applying them over periods of time like because like one thing I was just very uh very uh, diligent with was like once I did find out about some kind of method I was very much I very much wanted to be consistent with it for as long as I could because like I knew if I just kind of chop and change things then like you know I wouldn't see any kind of results realistically uh, and also there is like a learning curve or any of these like you know methods as well that you do need to kind of familiar familiarize yourself with so it was probably like when I got through to my Erasmus year and I was over in Spain uh studying a degree that I just didn't really want to do. But I found myself, like, you know, getting involved in like, you know, reading more fitness content, you know, training was like, you know, taking off as starting to get really starting to get even better results. Uh, while I was over there. And I was like, right, I probably would do want to do something with fitness like after college. And from from there, I was like following more kind of bodybuilders i found some powerlifters i was like that, that's probably something i I'd, I'd like to do at one point but i don't really know if it's like you know right for me at the moment because i've got like limited training experience and i actually like thankfully i got like i found out about like natural bodybuilding very early on i think that's true kind of the process for like finding rob then finding like eric hams finding team 3dmj uh who, who are my current coaches and true kind of uh fi- finding all that information i was like all oh, right so I don't actually need to like take steroids to kind of compete in bodybuilding. I can do it like naturally, which is fantastic for a broke student, student who can barely afford protein. Right. <laughs> and so I started to you know train for a few more years. And then once college was finished, you know, uh, I didn't really I didn't go straight into like a kind of graduate job. I actually just applied for like my PT cert. And I knew, like, you know, competing in something was something that, like, had been left on the back burner for so long because I hadn't done sports in ages, but I'd gotten to, like, a level of, like, physical development and, like, you know, strength, Whereas like, you know what, like, I'm kind of sick of being, like, the, the kind of strong guy in my uh, little kind of gym, and I want to start to do something a little bit more competitively, put it off for ages, and, you know, I was continuing to, like, still go out a lot at the weekend and put, essentially my kind of big goals on the back burner because i just wanted to essentially i suppose deviate to the weekends uh very frequently which meant that i went maybe like a few more years without competing than than i could have if i actually prioritized what i really wanted to do and i was only like yeah three years ago at this stage we actually committed to doing my first powerlifting competition and uh that's i suppose the kind of journey uh thus far
0: yeah. And I think that's really important. Uh, a few things you brought up there. Uh, the first thing, especially for coaches or people who are just trying to learn about this stuff themselves, like this wasn't a boom. Oh, I, I went to one course, learned everything. You know, it's an iterative process. You learn a little bit of information from here. You learn a bit of information from over here. You put it in play. You go, OK, that actually works. OK, maybe you don't understand the principles behind it. It's just a protocol. You know, you're like, oh, like meal time. And you're like, oh, OK. People seem to say that this is a good idea. I'll put it in play. Oh, my results are a bit better. You don't understand the principles behind it, but the protocol works, right? So you're learning along the way. And I think that's really important to understand if you're a new coach, because you go on Instagram right now, you know, or social media in general, and you see these coaches that are a million miles ahead of you, right? They're 10, 15, 20 years ahead of you in terms of their knowledge, their coaching, et cetera. And you go, I'm never going to learn that. I'm never going to be at that level. I need to know all this information yesterday, right? And the thing about that is, first of all, I know you still feel that. I still feel that. I'm like, oh, this coach knows a lot in this particular aspect. Like I might know a bit more in this other aspect, but I'm like, oh, I want to know that knowledge, you know? So it's always an iterative process. It's always like chasing information. There is no one resource where you can go, I'll go here, I'll learn everything. Like you did your personal training certificate. That didn't teach you everything. That just gave you a certificate that said, okay, you know the bare minimum you know you know the the absolute bare minimum your foot is in the door now you know Um, and then the other thing that you noted is you were being consistent or relatively consistent right but you were also doing things that actually detracted from your goals right so going out on the weekends perfectly normal thing right but to do that everyone has to accept trade-offs right like you can do that. That's cool. You can train your three, four, five days a week, six days a week, whatever it is. Right. But if you're doing stuff that's actually detracting from that, you have to accept that you are actually detracting from that. Right. If your goal is, oh, I want to be the best powerlifter. Like I always call these asterisk goals where people are like, oh, like I want to, I don't know, squat 300 kilos, but I want to you know, go out and piss two nights a week. And, you know, I want to also be shredded out of my mind. Uh, And it's like, you have all these asterisks to this goal. Like, do you actually want to achieve the goal or do you have these other goals which take more priority? And that's not to say that you can't have, you know, a multi-point goal. You know, you can't be like, oh, I want to be 95 kilos and squat 300 kilos, whatever. You know, like you can have these different goals that do have asterisks, but very often people have uh, non-synergistic asterisks, right? Mm -hmm. Like you didn't do powerlifting and bodybuilding at the same time. You know, you did powerlifting and then you did bodybuilding because you knew that they are synergistic one way, but they're not really synergistic the opposite way in terms of if you're at your leanest, you're not at your strongest, you know, so when you're at your strongest, that's probably when you've built your most muscle. So that was great before you do powerlifting, which we'll get into now, or sorry, before you get into bodybuilding, which we'll get into the the overall arc in a second, right? Um, And I think that's really important for people to understand. And I'm sure you do this with your clients as well, where people will come to you and they say, oh, I've got X, Y, Z goals, right? And you're like, okay, well, let's actually plot out a timeline for this. What are we going to look at for the year? You know, especially, I know you have a lot of powerlifting clients and also photo shoot, physique, whatever we want to call those type of clients. Like, I think a lot of coaching is actually planning out the year, you know, so people go, okay, so I'm not trying to achieve every single thing at once. What I'm doing is I have these competitions that I want to do. I also want to get a little bit leaner for a holiday. So how do we organize the overall year so that we can prioritize the right thing at the right time? You know, I think that's one of the things that people really fall down on when they're training themselves. They just try to achieve everything all at once. And that rarely works out very well right um so first of all what are your thoughts on all of that and then bring us into the kind of journey of the last three years we'll say
1: yeah i I think that is very important in regards to like the like planning of everything because like you know you can say you want to achieve something in the next year but then when you actually like plot out like the weeks and the months and like you know the actual kind of uh, the reality of like how brief the kind of year is like in the time frame it takes for you to like reach your goal it's it's actually a really short amount of time especially if like one your goals is like you know to do like comp- competitions or go through like different like muscle gain phases or fat loss phases and then that helps you kind of like plan out okay like is like the processes that i am looking to actually do throughout that time frame like is that like realistic at all for for this time frame because like i will get clients who will be like right i want to you know be like you know X lean by this date. i like, okay, well, we're actually eight weeks away from that date now. We actually don't have that long. Do you realize like the amount you may have to suffer if you do want that level of leanness uh, by that date? And it's like, okay, well, maybe we need to take a step back. Maybe we need to kind of uh, manage our expectations here a little bit. And like, that's essentially what a lot of coaching is, isn't it? It is like it's planning and, and managing expectations. And if you've been through the process a lot of time yourself, you do kind of understand, like you know, what the trade-offs they may have to kind of make along the way or two, uh, which you know, when you are trying to put your foot down and uh, get involved in competing, like depending on, like you know, what your environment is like, what your support net- network is like, what your life is like, like you will have to make, like a lot, a lot of trade-offs. Like, uh, within my kind of social circle, I wouldn't have a huge amount of, like you know, my kind of core close friends who like are pretty involved in the gym who like you know even understand competing like over Christmas I've had had like conversations with them like explaining like the difference between sports like why I would even put myself through what I put myself through and like I suppose they don't necessarily need to understand it like to to the degree that you do but they just need to understand it like you know like this is what he wants to do like I'll support him nonetheless and like I suppose that's probably one of the reasons why it took me so long to actually get into uh, competing in the sport because I didn't have the people around me who were like, Yeah, go, go do that competition that you want to do. Like it was just a case like, I oh, want to do that competition, that's cool, but you're coming out the weekend. And you know, trying to, you know, separate myself from that and be like, Oh, I don't really want to miss like, you know, that night out that literally pretty much happened last weekend and you know it's gonna be the repeat of like the previous the previous weekend, the previous weekend before that, you know, trying to kind of overcome that like fear of missing out as such. Um, and I put this in an Instagram post there during the week, like, you know, you'll be you will be missing out on, like, that event, but, like, you couldn't miss out on, like, something bigger that you can achieve, like, long-term if you commit to it. And, like, like I, th- I think now, like, after going through as much as I have over, like, the last three years, like, people are almost, like, more interested in, like, what you've done as opposed to, you know, their, their own kind of not- nights out along the way, you know, so you're not really kind of missing out on anything as such, but you will have the chance of like missing out on like you know achieving the kind of bigger goals that will add more kind of value to like your own life um which is kind of like yeah like you know for me that that has been competing so I suppose to go back to uh one of the parts of your questions like so yeah started started a pair like competing in powerlifting like three years ago so I realized I couldn't just do it alone and um I got in contact with as powerlifting uh, when I was working as a PT in FlyFit, and then fr- from there, essentially just signed up for my first powerlifting competition. I didn't like have a huge amount of like competition specific training behind me. I think I, I joined ABS in like March, competing my first powerlifting competition in August. So, what's that like five or six months, something like that? Um, whereas actually, like following a powerlifting specific program before that, I was doing like strength training but I wouldn't say it was really kind of tailored towards like me being the best powerlifter it was like almost like a hybrid of like powerlifting and bodybuilding so uh, training and then just from that did my first competition went in with like no expectations because I've never done a powerlifting competition before the aim was just to like you know complete all my lifts have fun you know, do as best as I could and I did, did pretty well for my first meet I went eight for nine I only missed one lift on like a a bench command which was annoying (laughs) which look what can you do first time first time mistakes and i think i was totaled like 620 or something like that for my first one and um like yeah i mean that was like the the start of it and then once i got that first competition i was like right i'm kind of hooked that was really really good fun so i'm definitely gonna do more of these
0: (laughs) Hmm. and i think that's really important as well where you start you started out going oh i want to do some powerlifting. But you didn't just go, oh, I'll just swing my big dick around and I'll just figure it out along the way. You were like, right, who does it well? I think ABS do it really well in Ireland. So you were like, okay, I'll get in contact with people who seem to have a process, seem to have a system that produces results, right? And I think that's really important when you do have bigger goals That especially aren't necessarily the more generic not to say like powerlifting isn't it's a it's a pretty big fucking sport you know um but it's not like your average joe on the street is like oh yeah for powerlifting this is how you train you know whereas i feel like for body composition there's a lot more information out there a lot of more people will be like oh yeah like i have a rough idea of how to train for body composition now it might not be perfectly accurate right whatever but I think it's really important that you reached out. You go, okay, so I need I need someone to teach me how to do this stuff, you know, and that was apps. So after your first competition, you did all right. You did, you did good, right? What what happens after that? When do we start thinking, okay, this is actually something that I really want to pursue. I really want to push it because you know a lot of people go, oh, I'll do a powerlifting competition, and they do one, and they're like, cool, that was, I just wanted to tick the box, say I've done a powerlifting competition. You yeah, know, I've always gone to the gym. I wanted to do a powerlifting competition see how big my bench was you know <laughs> um when did you start thinking like okay this is actually something that i could uh i was gonna say make a name for myself in but you know what i mean like you could kind of go like this is something that i could see myself competing in regularly
1: i suppose i suppose part part of it is like you know joining like joining a community like that uh, like abs because i was getting to train alongside like the best lifters in the country you're like and I'm a, I'm a competitive person. Like, I've been, always been like competitive, like in sports when I was growing up. And that kind of gave me that like competitive outlet once again. And also with powerlifting, like, you know, you get your total, you have an objective number, which you can define your progress and bump that up over time and kind of see like, you know, your actual what you're doing in the gym, like adding up, literally adding up towards something over time. So having that as something that like, you know, every couple of months when I do meet and be like, right, how am I doing with my training? Am I getting stronger? You know, if I see that total jump up by a hundred kilos over years, I'll probably have gotten a decent amount of muscle as well. And
0: just- Just, just on that, just to start to interrupt, yeah. that's so important for people starting in the gym. Like don't have this kind of internal focus of like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, work my muscles. If you have like an external objective where you're like, oh, I want to see my strength, my numbers going up on the, in, on the bar, or whatever it is, you know? Like that is actually- One of the things I find is so powerful, especially for clients who maybe have uh, some form of like body dysmorphia where they're like very focused on their body, having something where it's like, okay, we're not going to the gym just to burn calories. We're not going to the gym just to work out. We're going into the gym to get stronger and to build muscle. So how do we do that? we get stronger, <laughs> we focus on getting stronger and having that external focus. So strength goals, like it keeps you dialed in, keeps you consistent, but it gives you that nice little bit of feedback. Like you're saying here, you are going, okay, I'm on track. What I'm doing is working. Whereas if you just go, am I building muscle? Did I lose fat this week? It's very wishy-washy. It's very almost subjective. Whereas weight on the bar is objective. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm getting stronger. You know?
1: Yeah and I I think like a big kind of driver for me committing to as well was was that fact cuz like even though like powerlifting was like my goal like I was still very concerned with like you know my body my body image and like how aesthetic I looked and like, the amount of muscle I had like cuz obviously like you know most, most people whether they want to admit it or not like they do care about it like right so um me seeing myself getting stronger and having this objective number co- like go up over time that was my way of being like, like this is taking away the focus from my actual kind of body. But I know that the fact that I am pursuing all these numbers and it's something that's keeping me very consistent with the process of actually training and showing up to the gym and fueling myself for performance, then that over time I will see the body composition changes that I want. And like, definitely, like in the back of my mind, when I did start powerlifting, was always the idea that I would like to do bodybuilding one day. But I didn't want to do bodybuilding straight away because, well, number one, I, kn- I knew I did not have the muscle mass that I would need to actually be competitive. And again, as I mentioned, I'm a competitive person. I don't want to just show up and just be like, like be a number. Um, Like even like when I did my first powerlifting competition, like I didn't want to be competitive even though it was my first competition. I shouldn't necessarily have that goal. Um, Which is, again, probably one of the reasons why I waited so long before I did it. But anyway... Uh, like bodybuilding was always there as like a kind of background goal, but I wanted to wait until I did have the mental muscle mass that I thought would be needed to be competitive to get towards that point. But if I just like spent those years not having some kind of objective focus, or if my objective focus was right, how many centimeters of my bicep grew like the last twelve weeks, like that would be it'd be miserable and like you know it would be very disheartening because if anybody's like measured the bicep growth over like you know that meant that that meant time period like you know unless you're in gear it's gonna be pretty disheartening Um never never measure your calves because they don't grow that's yeah that's the key <laughs> um but but yeah so as far as like once i got involved in like the more kind of competitive side of the powerlifting like and I was involved in the community like you know train around the people who were much stronger than me. So it's no longer the big fish and small ponders. Now they're like a sm- small fish and fucking bleeding ocean. Um, That kind of like humbled me in a, in a sense that like, you know, it humbled me in like, you know, where I actually was in relation to like the actual best in the country then in relation to the best in the world. Uh, and it also showed me how much more progress I could make because like my kind of mindset, like with any of this kind of stuff is like, well, if this guy's doing it, like why can't I, you know? And I think that's like, I think it's that's a kind of a mindset deficit that a lot of people do have. Is like they see other people who have like you know these amazing results for like I'll never be able to get those results. It's like well, if you oh you'll never get those results if you don't if you don't try. Like you know I I will never let myself I'll let, never let myself down uh, because of my efforts. Like like I always like opt to train with the guys who are bigger than me uh, down in in the gym because like you know that's where I want to be. You know, and if I fall short of like those goals because I tried, then I, I can't necessarily be disheartened. But if I decided to always kind of go to, go down towards like the smaller acts and train to smaller guys and try to be the more kind of dominant guy, then like you know, then I'm just gonna be kind of fooling myself realistically over long term. And that's again like when I wanted to go to do my bodybuilding bodybuilding competitions, I wanted to go towards like the biggest competitions that I could do, purely for that reason. I wanted to see where the gap was between me and the best. And, like, what type of work I need to do to get there. And again, if, like, you know, they're where they are, like, why can't I be there in like five to 10 years?
0: Yeah. And no, I think that's really important where you can't control the results, you know, like, there's no control over the results that you get. What you can control is your effort, you know, that's what you're actually in charge of. You're in charge of showing up, you're in charge of putting your best effort in. It's not just, oh, I ticked the box, you know, I did whatever you are in control of that stuff now obviously there's external factors you know you're tired you have work whatever but the level of effort you put in the consistency of that effort that's what's going to dictate the result but you can't actually control the result like in bodybuilding especially it's a more subjective sport like you can't control who shows up on the day all you can control is how you look on the day and the only way you can control how you look on the day is to do the habits and do the things that you need to do to look a certain way and even then it's not guaranteed, you know, you can be like, oh, I had some food. It was regular food, but it may be a little bit more bloated, a little bit more uh, water retention, whatever, you know, wh- whatever. Right. So you can only control your efforts and that's what's going to dictate the results. But too many people focus on, oh, I want these results and don't focus on their efforts, their habits, the stuff that they do day to day, you know. Um, but yeah, so you're pushing hard, you're doing your powerlifting. You've got this focus on, I want to be as strong as humanly possible. And like you said, I think it is important where people get their mindset opened up to what's possible. Like I've I've talked about it before in the podcast, but when I started in the gym, like I trained with a lot of people that were on steroids and I just thought that was normal in terms of not being on steroids, but just the ability to lift certain weights, to look a certain way. Like I was like, I didn't even know about steroids. I was just like, oh, this is just what happens as a natural consequence of going to the gym. You just get stronger. So I started seeing people like, I don't know, deadlifting in the 200s. And I was like, oh, that's just normal. That's just what you just keep training hard and you'll eventually get there. Like, I didn't know that they were on steroids, you know, and they were looking back. I'm like, oh, OK, so that's that's why they were doing that, you know, but it actually expanded my horizons so much in terms of like, I just see like I'll be in there like doing RDLs or something with 200 odd on the bar and I'm doing it for a first set of eight. And I'm like, yeah, that's just normal, you know, because I grew up with that as being a normal thing, you know. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people are missing. Like if you just go to a commercial gym where people are just trying to get their quick workout in before work, you know, and you're thinking, Oh, I'm I'm really, really strong because you're stronger than all these other 40 <laughs> year old individuals. Like obviously that's completely different than if you're in a powerlifting gym and you're, you're training hard, you're training hard with all these people that are international competitors, et cetera. Right. Like it's, most people have a mindset deficit, like you said. You know, it's like if you can actually expand that out, open it up, it changes so much about how you actually approach all this stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I, I would one hundred percent would agree, and I mean, like, I suppose that's why a lot of people will also like, uh, kind of make themselves like not start because they don't necessarily think that they can do, or they don't think that they will be good enough, like. where where they're where they are right now is good enough or like that they will never be kind of in the position where they want to be and it's like you know you you do really need to kind of put yourself in these situations and do kind of try because like that's like the only way that you are actually going to see like you know where you measure up to people and I suppose like that's probably one of the toughest things about like getting involved in competing is that like you are literally going to be measuring like your capabilities against other people and that can for for some people can be quite daunting especially if they have never been involved in like competitive sports previously because you know like unfortunately it's it's very cliche Well, like there always is going to be people who are going to be much better than you like despite your efforts it's just the way the wor- the the way the world really um but like you know you, you do have to kind of get yourself involved if you do want to actually kind of see you know where you are going to stand and, and where your actual kind of potential is going to lie
0: yeah like I always say there's there's basically three people that, well, three things that you can compete against in this world. You can compete against yourself, you can compete against other people, and then you can also compete against nature, you know? So competing against nature would be like, oh, I climbed the mountain that was in a snowstorm or whatever, right? So most people don't generally <laughs> want to do that too much, but you can compete against other people. That's what sports do. They help you compete against other people. But a lot of the competitions are actually competitions against yourself. You know, it's like competitions when... Your body or your mind is telling you oh like you should just give up you should just quit you should just do whatever it's like you actually have to kind of have an alter ego that's competing against yourself are you making yourself better are you pushing yourself to be a better version of who you are are you stronger than you were yesterday are you stronger than you were a year ago like for you for example like i presume you don't want to compete in powerlifting until you are like, "All right, I have a good shot of getting a higher than seven hundred kilo total. you know, like it's not about just competing, it's about competing and being better than yourself, you know, like I don't think especially when you get into competitions for a longer period of time like you don't you don't really care about beating other people, like obviously you're competitive, you want to beat everyone else on the platform you want to have that that gold, you know, but that's less about the what it's or that's less about what it's about, and it's more about you being better than you were the last time you competed you know
1: yeah no i I definitely would agree and i I mean like that's kind of like it's probably like the one of the tougher elements that i found of like doing bodybuilding uh because like obviously i would be able to compare like the two sports against each other and like with powerlifting as well as like one of the reasons i got into that before doing bodybuilding uh aside from the muscle mass thing is like well you know, it does have, have that objective element to it. Like, you know, I get to compare my last performance to my current performance. You know, I am going to be assessed on my squat, my bench, and my deadlift. And like, you know, nobody can say whether I lift that weight up or lift it like up and down or not. Like once I'm hitting everything to like competition standard, right. And I have that like objective marker of my progress and regardless of where I place in competition, I can compare my my actual kind of best to the last time so that could be like you know five kilo total pb like like that that's all it could be right and if I go out and tell somebody you know they're like oh how did your powerlifting competition go and I'm like I, I did five kilos better than the last one and I'd like that's amazing man I could have placed like you know patty last in that competition but it wouldn't matter because I did better than I did last time right Whereas, like, that's one difficult thing that I found about bodybuilding, it's like, it didn't have that same like level of like objective marker for not only for myself, but then when people would ask. So, like, when somebody was asking me, like, how do you got on to Europeans? I'd like, I look better than I did last time, but I didn't place, you know. And they're like, oh, that I'm sorry to hear that. It's like, it's like, no, I, I, I feel like I did better, but you know, I just don't have the placing to back of it up, right? And it's like. Like that, that's kind of annoying. Like, you have to kind of be comfortable with that. Um, like yourself, you have to be quite, quite kind of uh self aware, I suppose, as to like you know, like your own kind of capabilities and your and your abilities. Um, regardless of like you know, what other people may think, because like I suppose with with bodybuilding, you're not necessarily being like you know, assessed on like something objective you're doing, it's more so like you know, this is this is how I think you look in the day, like this is how you meet my criteria, and this is how you stand up. in that criteria against this other guy you know so that's kind of like one of the, like, the tougher aspects of like the sport and like one of the reasons I didn't get in, involved in it for so long because again like you know with powerlifting you know regardless of where, where you start you're going to get have your kind of time to shine on the stage you know like you're kind of like nine minutes there up the platform doing your lifts everybody's going to stand up everybody's going to cheer everybody's going to like you know go, go mad when you get your last deadlift was like on a bodybuilding stage, like like the, the audience for the most part, unless they don't know you, like they don't really care about you, uh judges, you know, you could show up on a day and like the judges literally have one lucky and they're like, right, to the side of the stage here, and that's it. Like that's your that's your prep finished. You know, which like like if you did not kind of build up like the kind of level of I suppose mental resilience to get to that point and then that's your prep finished uh with that kind of disheartening experience like that'd be like you never want to do a sport ever again.
0: and that'll bring us on to last year I suppose you competed in powerlifting and then you competed in bodybuilding what what did your training look like in the run-up to powerlifting like your last competition and how did that change then going into bodybuilding and then I suppose how do you plan on changing it going forward because I know you now still have these kind of mixed goals where you're like I want to push bodybuilding a bit more but I also want to return to the powerlifting stage in the future so take us through the last i suppose whatever year and a bit and then how you intend to change things going forward
1: yeah so i suppose i started towards like the kind of 700 kilo goal like maybe like mid 2021 or early 2021 because like the previous competition i did i, ch- I thought like 660 so i was like right like the next kind of tangible goal for me to get in powerlifting is like 700 like you know it's a big nice right number and it looks pretty looks pretty cool again will have reached a good level of physical development by that stage Uh, so I started working towards that did a competition I actually did worse in the following competition than I did in the last one and one of the reasons for it I would say is because I just continued to kind of I was following the abs abs system but I was self-coaching underneath as such right and that meant that I was doing a lot of things that definitely were for my best interest but also, things that weren't for my best best interest too, and didn't necessarily have anybody objectively kind of calling me out and like making poor like low decisions, uh which just ultimately led to me not having the best competition that I could have. Then after that, I did re- reach out for like one to one coaching through, through the system, um and then that through that kind of process between like maybe August to March in nationals, I like went from like the six sixty to seven hundred just through getting that one to one coaching and having somebody to tell me each week right. This is these are like you know your lifts that you're doing. These are the loads that you should be doing. Don't do any more. Don't do don't do any less. You know, just having somebody there to actually because I'm the type of person that like I will when I go into the gym I'm always going to try push myself as as much as I can. Like I will like your what is meant to be an RP seven. Like you know I'm going to push that up to like RP nine. <laughs> so I need somebody there there to to tell me like you know this is what you need to do. Um, as opposed to like uh, also auto regulating myself because I was just fool myself into thinking that it's like easier than it should be um so I, I i needed that kind of coaching and i was training like four four times a week i did have like one day in there that was like off program which is pretty much just like arms and delts because i wanted bigger arms and delts um whether it happened or not it's a different story but uh, as t- train my body program like four four days a week um, like tuesday tuesday thursday friday sunday Uh, that's how essentially I I, how I did the program and then that pretty much lasted up until March uh, when I when I when I uh, finished nationals and then when I did start doing my more kind of transitionary period from powerlifting to bodybuilding I was following a similar program but there was just way more volume attributed towards like more kind of like weak parts so like things like my delts start getting a huge kind of boost in training volume because with powerlifting program like you're going to be attributing all your volume towards like your competition lifts and the variations that are going to help you kind of bring up those competition lifts right uh, whereas like with bodybuilding focus training you're going to be attributing most of your volume towards muscle uh t- towards towards your muscles as opposed to towards specific lifts so you're going to have a bit more kind of variance with like exercise selection um but i did still want to keep up you know squat bench and deadlift because that's all i've been doing for like the last three years as a huge part of like my identity and like i've gotten to the point at the, at nationals where i was like the strongest i'd ever been so i was like i really didn't want, want to see like all that strength like fade away as soon as and like you know just go from like squatting like three times a week to like just jumping on a hack squat <laughs> uh just like could I, I could not get the same level of like arousal for a session uh like doing that type of thing right so I was like running singles pretty much like from March uh, when I finished nationals up until May. And then when I, in May, I think it was like May or June, I went over to Spain. And like the kind of main reason why like I was still doing and training up until that stage is because I I still training out in labs, So to train with everybody down there, I need to be following somewhat of a similar kind of approach. I was training in a group as well. So like I had that kind of good group environment. I mean, I guys pushing each other. And as well, it's like part of the community. So like, I didn't want to like just go from like being this great community to like completely isolating myself and like doing my own thing. And that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty tough. But then like during the summer, I went over to Spain uh, for a few months, and uh, that's when the time came where I was like, right, I think now is the time for me to like switch to a more kind of bodybuilding focused program. So like prior, I was doing like the four day training split, but that was like full body. Uh, which is, like, not going to be, like, the best thing, really, for uh, uh, bodybuilding focus work, in, in my opinion. So, I started, like, doing, like, more kind of upper, upper-lower upper uh, split. Once I got to Spain, run that, like, f- five days a week. And I still was incorporating a lot of the power lifts, but they did start to, like, drop off in frequency over the coming months. So, say we are at, you know, June now, so uh, three or four months after the comp- uh, the powerlifting competition, you know, I've transitioned from going from full body training to upper lower splits, more kind of uh, muscle centric focus work. Then once it got to maybe June, I think I started to stop bench pressing completely because my numbers just started to decline. Like once I hit like sub 85 kilos, so I started prepping 94. Once I started to hit 85 kilos, the numbers just like they weren't like cooperating at all progressions like weren't happening i was really just like you know trying to like beat a dead horse essentially so i just started switching out for things like i did like a smith machine press did like machine chest press dumbbell chest press things that i could like have no kind of top end kind of metric to work towards and have some new movements that i could set goals on as opposed to just comparing my like leaner 85 kilo self towards like in my top level performance of like 90, 94 kilos or whatever like that right and then just over the course of like the next few months you know things started to drop off even even more so in regards to pair lift so I think once we got to August just stopped squatting completely just the amount of actual like fatigue I was getting like not only physically but like mentally going to, into sessions because I was still squatting like decent amount of weight like by the time it was like 80 kilos I was still like squatting like 200 and like while my body was physically able for it the mental like like mental effort I had going into the gym to actually kind of get myself ready to do that set um as well like my bracing just was not what it once was like I I described to a lot of people when I was like doing like deadlifts and, like or yells and like squats even leg press towards the end of prep like I felt like I was gonna snap a lot of the days uh, just like the, the sheer load that you're using and you, and you don't really feel like you can kind of brace as well um so like yeah true tr- like the kind of whole kind of transitioning process there was like a kind of incremental s- like switch from like oh, okay this is the way you're training for, f- for performance okay now it's training for like you know, more, more muscle focus we're gonna now switch from doing your more kind of full body training where you're getting a frequency per lift very very very, very, very frequently towards training for upper lower split where you're uh, trying more to recover your body parts between sessions then started to gradually decline with the actual kind of spe- specific uh, specific specificity of the power lifts to give you more kind of excess uh, more bang for your buck exercises that are going to simulate your muscles more often uh, as opposed to just driving unnecessary training fatigue and then towards the end of the competition period it was just a case of okay we don't want anything else in the program here it's just going to cause more fatigue than is necessary and everything is going to be geared towards like stimulate simulation of like the muscles.
0: Yeah, that's just the last point. There is really important for people to realize that. Well, actually, the whole point really it's like just because you have goals in certain exercises or certain exercises are good exercises for a specific goal, such as muscle building. Like you know, you're like your squat. You know, it's not necessarily the best quad exercise. It's not the best glute exercise. It's not the best any of these exercises, but it gets a lot of stuff done. You know, so happy days. That's exactly the opposite of what you want when you're incredibly lean. Fatigue because of low calories. You don't want something that hits everything because that takes so much energy away from you. And like you said, there's also the mental aspect where you're like, oh, I used to be able to do 200 kilos for eight, whatever it is, you know? Uh, and you're like, now you're like, 180 feels very heavy. <laughs> you know, you start actively seeing the numbers decline and, you know, maybe on a, A relative scale you know it's like oh well now i'm 80 kilos and i'm lifting x amount of weight and it's like this is 2.5 times body weight whereas my best was only two times body weight whatever it is you know you can make all these like jumps but it's still absolute terms the number is going down you're like i fucking hate seeing that you know so mentally it's almost better to go okay well i'm going to switch it out for something similar that i don't have these expectations on and i can start pushing myself A lot harder on this exercise that is new to me whatever you know um but again this is this is the coaching process like you need someone to be able to tell you or help you make these decisions rather than you going into every single session hating going to the gym because you have to get so hyped up that's causing a lot of extra fatigue in general because your central nervous system is what's you know facilitating that hype up hyped upness um and now you're like, oh, it's taken me three days to recover from that training session because I had to get so hyped up. I had to you know, drink two cans of Monster and a pre-workout <laughs> just to be able to go into the gym. Um, so making smarter choices isn't necessarily always in a line with or always aligned with what other people think smart choices would be, you know. Um, so anyway, we get it, we're getting into the depths of prep. We're getting into very close to competing how did your training change then after that and then I suppose bring us into you've done your comp- competing in bodybuilding where do you see things going after that
1: yeah so I, I suppose like once the competitions started um so between September to November I did six actual competitions so like there was a lot of I wouldn't say inconsistent training, but the way the training was set up was not necessarily geared towards like progression as such. It was more so we need to do these sessions just from purity from like a muscle retention standpoint, which number one uh, meant that we, as I said, like we pretty much dropped everything that was not going to cause excess fatigue. So like for likes of, like deadlifting and squatting, like they're pretty much, gone and I was doing like more machine based work if I ever had a period where I had like two weeks between competitions I would like bring like an RDL or a deadlift back in just for like a week um, and and like even with that kind of intermittent kind of amount of deadlifting that I was doing was like definitely enough to kind of retain somewhat of like the kind of strength I had there um. but everything else was pretty much just geared towards you know getting into the sessions Simulating the muscle, which was very tough from a mental perspective as somebody who does really enjoy training um, to be going in and essentially just be like, right, I'm just going to match my numbers here. It's, oh, it's, it's quite boring. Um, and as well with that, like towards because of those sessions, whether it is related to my physical state or my mental state, like actually just being in sessions, I was dragging myself through the sessions themselves, you know, loading plates and bars like a drag. You know, just didn't really want to be there a lot of the time, but you know, I still had I still like to show up because, like, that was intrinsic to the actual kind of process of me getting on stage and still actually having some muscle mass when I got up there. Uh, so yeah, training was uh, happening, but it wasn't as enjoyable as it once was. You know, still keeping the same frequency, still keeping the tra- same training split, like, you know, all of like throughout the entire of the actual kind of training itself, like for the most part, other than, like, the SPD movements, like, the Scott Bench deadlift, like, everything else stayed the exact same, like, all the reps, rep schemes stayed the same, like, volume stayed the exact same, we kept everything as consistent as we could throughout the entire process, as long as I could, essentially, recover from it, and I wasn't getting, like, excessively bored, and I mean, like, to a degree, I mean, like, there will be some kind of boredom that creeps in during training programs, well, sometimes that kind of boredom could be, like, the wall between you actually, like, making a breakthrough in progress, or you just starting something new, and completely going down a new rabbit hole again and not making any progress right <laughs> um but like you know during during a prep to make kind of any extreme tra- training changes during the, the, those last few weeks wouldn't be advisable at all because number one well you're going to be relearning new movements going to cause like more muscle damage that could cause more inflammation that could look that could change like you know how your body is like recovering like throughout the week then and then essentially make the look m- less predictable over the weeks because like bear in mind these last few weeks of prep we are not just concerned about training we're concerned with like how my body compositions look looking and like you know like how i'm looking like day to day week to week uh, and my checking pictures uh, and like you know if we see that right we changed your training program had all these new leg exercises and like looking at your train, uh your progress patients here now and your legs like don't look lean at all like what's after going on it's like oh you're just carrying a load of the information, a load of water retention in your legs. So they don't look like separate at all. If you know, you did that like the week before a show or you trained your legs way too hard and uh, week before a show, like I did like one of the shows, like you're not going to look as like kind of lean or like, yeah, you know, like ripped in your lower body as you potentially could, could, right. So want to keep everything pretty much as fixed as possible. The less changes that you need to make in a bodybuilding prep towards the end, like the more, uh, the more repeatable the look is going to be, uh, between like you know how you look best during the week and how you're gonna look best on stage, but also like it just means that you have to actually like manage less stuff. Like ideally, you want to just be able to like like manage your food and energy output. Like for the most part, like you know you even want to keep like water and, and sodium for example fixed. You don't necessarily want to have to manipulate those too much. If you just like manage those like energy intake and your expenditure, but like, that would be like the ideal scenario for like any prep, right? Um, so like that was essentially what like a lot of my peak week training. looked like. like essentially coming into peak week, you know, no, tra- no training changes at all. Maybe like two, two days out from a show. I was like not training at all, but even like throughout, like maybe the kind of first half of the week was essentially like following more of a deload kind of protocol where like reduce sets. And that was pretty much it. It's just going in with the idea of like, I'll just stimulate my muscles here and then towards the latter end of the week, drop off any tr- kind of fatigue that I can, so then when I show up on stage day, I look at as kind of rested and kind of lean and shredded as I possibly can.
0: Yeah, and this is the thing, there's a lot to bodybuilding training, not necessarily in terms of, well, there's a lot to it in that I was going to say it's not necessarily in terms of the actual building, but in terms of the competing, but there is actually a lot to it in terms of the building as well as <laughs> the competing, you know, Um and this is how this is the kind of stuff that you coach people through, or at least that you want to coach more people through. I know you do a lot of like physique photo shoots and stuff like that. And um, but I know you have a goal this year uh for getting a few more people onto stage in terms of bodybuilding as well as powerlifting. Um so this is the kind of stuff that you kind of need a mentor for, you know, like you mentioned earlier on, like you Definitely. get coaching yourself, you know. And the reason you get coaching is because it's actually so beneficial. To have someone else in your corner helping you make decisions because coaching is a a collaborative process you know like i don't know my client comes to me for example and they're they're a new client like i don't know what they already know about their body you know so we kind of have to collaborate and go okay so you find these exercises work for you these ones don't blah 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 you know you need someone in your corner it really does help especially when you have grander bigger goals like you're saying oh i want to be competitive in powerlifting and i want to be competitive in bodybuilding you know like you need someone in your corner helping you you know and um, so we won't get too far down the rabbit hole of bodybuilding specific training we might get you on in a future podcast to discuss that stuff um, and maybe even powerlifting specific training as well and now, obviously there's a huge amount with the diet going on that's a huge part of bodybuilding and um, well yeah more so than powerlifting we will not we will not we touch on that too much and um, but take me through now what's the plan right so you've competed you've done all your things you've learned a huge amount in terms of how to actually compete in powerlifting and then how to actually compete in can speak bodybuilding what's the what's the plan going forward what's the kind of thought process now of all that you've learned how are you taking that into crafting a plan of action i know you're still getting coaching but again it's a collaborative process what's the plan going forward with training
1: okay so like i suppose like now i'm about seven weeks post-competition and like straight away like my kind of like main goal is like right i'm sick of being like so small like even though i was like shredded and like i looked jack like like in person i was i was 76 kilo right (laughs) um and i would lost a lot of what i would deem to be more valuable than like you know my body composition like but look looking looking jack is great right look it looks cool for pictures but you know when you get there it's not necessarily like the most appealing place to be um and especially as somebody who really enjoys training i want to get myself back to being as strong as possible because i i knew that you know i i felt my best when i was heavier bulkier and stronger like i love going into the gym like and like it's for the ego like purely like when you're in the corner like you know squatting massive lows and people are like what's going on over there you know like i, I like to, i like that feeling Um, so I, I do want to get back to that so for me like you know you know if you look at somebody in leg press doing like huge weight but like regardless of how many places you have in that, like nobody's being like wow like because <laughs> you can you can really kind of cheat your way towards like having t- 10 plates per side Um, so i want to get back into doing, like spd movements as as soon as possible so it was a case of once I did get back in get back from the States, I started like reintroducing these movements and started like reintroducing them like you know, one time per week frequency. Uh first off, just get myself familiarized with it. And I started to increase the frequency up to like two uh, two times per week. And like now we're like seven weeks post-competition, and I'm pretty much ninety percent of the way towards my old strength, uh of like you know what where I was like when I finished Paralyson, which is know it's a very quick kind of time scale because like at the time you're like i don't really know if this is like gonna come back uh, too soon like i think like my first squatting session after worlds i did like 140 for like a very hard set of five and like i did like 182 the other day for five like pretty handily um and similar, similar with like bench as well
0: just on that you've been aggressively looking to add weight body weight i mean not yeah. just weight on the bar and i think that's a huge thing that a lot of people don't prioritize out of a bodybuilding competition but also out of like uh just a oh a holiday you fucking i want to get shredded you know not to say that like if you're going to get shredded for your holiday you need to gain 10 percent of your body weight back but if you're down at like whatever 70 odd kilos and you're normally walking around at like 90 odd kilos like you kind of need to start gaining some of that weight back to start feeling like your old self
1: yeah, you know that de- definitely, like, because, like as I said, like you know, uh, when like last w- last year, like in June, like once I hit like below eighty five kilos, like that's when things like really started to like go awry for me, like in terms of, like strength, in terms of like you know, uh, my hormones and all that kind of stuff. So like that, all that stuff started to, like get get affected once I did like reach a certain like level of leanness. So post condition, we did want to start like adding more weight weight onto my body, um, uh, pretty pretty quickly. Uh with with the aim of like I want to get into a position where I could actually like train and recover to a sufficient degree uh, and actually like get to the point where like my body would actually be accept like accepting like you know new levels of muscle mass as opposed to just like recovering what had to be recovered from what was lost over like the last few months. Uh so like with with that then, uh over like the last like few weeks, like it has been like kind of Christmas period, so like I've been training as consistently as like that kind of time period will allow me to because I'm moving to Canada like the next two weeks so it hasn't necessarily been as consistent and rigid as like prep was because I don't necessarily need it to be as consistent as and rigid as prep was because the goal now for me is not like as immediate as it once was so I'm not going to be competing in a bodybuilding season now until 2025 and like even now in terms of powerlifting I don't think I'm probably going to do a powerlifting competition until either like summer this year or maybe even closer to christmas because as like you know you mentioned i don't want to compete again unless i'm close to where i finished off powerlifting or i want to at least be like even five kilos ahead of like where i was last time right so i need time to actually kind of build myself back up towards that and unfortunately it, it does take a, like a long time to get towards that like kind of level of strength because like i suppose it would be, like, an elite level of strength, I suppose. So, like, I do need to kind of give myself time to actually build back up towards that. Like, if I did, like, I actually qualified for the Irish Nationals this year. And, like, you know, I could have done it. But, like, if I was to do it and, like, total, like, 50 kilos less than I did in my last competition, like, that would not be, like, satisfying for me. And I actually feel, uh, I feel I'd almost embarrass myself because I'd be taking up a spot for somebody who could do better. You yeah, know, it's, almost, it. it's
0: almost, I would agree, it's almost disrespectful where you're yeah. like, like on two sides, you're like, you're given this opportunity, but you don't want to take the opportunity from someone else who's been training just as hard and hasn't done a bodybuilding prep in the meantime.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it literally just being, do, doing a competition for the sake of doing it, like, you know, And again, I, I'm a competitive person, I don't want to compete unless I can be competitive. So I need to give me myself that time and also just take my take my foot off like the competition kind of gas so to speak over like the coming few months and the coming few years because like I think about like all the things that have happened in like the last few years building up towards this bodybuilding season right and I, like as much as I was doing competitions I was li- also living a lot of my life focused on other kind of goals and other kind of things throughout, throughout my life like throughout those three years like when I started powerlifting to when I could beat in powerlifting like there was, like, music music festivals that I went to. There was nights out that I went to. There were periods of, like, times where I had, like, you know, three days off the gym because I couldn't get to the gym or because, like, you know, I was suffering from, like, hangovers or something like that, right? Or I had more of my focus, like, geared towards, like, you know, improving my education or improving my business. And, like, you know, these were all things that, like, you know, I could work towards at different periods throughout, like, those kind of three years. It wasn't all geared towards, like, this is, like, my ultimate end goal. It just meant that, like, when... I like entered into a competition That actual kind of intensity towards when those goals got turned up a notch right and that's essentially the kind of process I'll be going through over the next three years and again I think about like all the progress I've made in all areas of my life through the last three years and think about like the amount of progress I'm going to make in the next three years and like number one like it's it's really exciting but I know that I don't necessarily need to be like as robotic in my process towards like you know, my bodybuilding aspirations like right now because i have a lot of time before i can before i need to actually kind of turn up that intensity and realistically if i was to try to upkeep the level of intensity that i had like in those like last few months of prep like it would be unsustainable like i'd have like no friends <laughs> uh i would have no clients um like you know there it would just be it would not be a supportive process and at the end of the day, like this is this is a like bodybuilding like competing like powerlifting all that kind of stuff like that it, they're hobbies right at the end of the day like they're just like nobody cares if i do them like the only person who really cares if i do them is me like yeah again i might get onto podcasts like this to like chat about the experience and, and it's cool it will help some people along the way but at the end of the day if i, if I don't do it like you know it, it, like it doesn't really affect anybody else other than myself um so like it like again it's just like one of those kind of process that is like very long and drawn out. And I don't think you necessarily need to have your. I don't think it needs to be like, you know, I don't think you necessarily need to be as like single minded towards the goal for an extended period of time to actually kind of achieve it either. Uh, because at the again, like you need to have unless you are a robot who has nothing else in their life, you need to have this more kind of less holistic, holistic approach, <laughs> uh, all encompassing uh, mindset towards like the actual kind of endeavor.
0: Yeah, I think that is a really good analogy in terms of just thinking of it in terms of dials, where you're like, look, right now I've turned the dial up on competing, right? It can't stay turned up forever, or else all the other dials have to naturally be turned down. And some of those other dials you need to do, like you need to have a job, you need to be able to have clients, et cetera. You also want to have a loving relationship. Now, I know Emma was competing as well. So there's that aspect, which we didn't really touch on, but um, there's all these other things that there's still key attributes or whatever you want to call them in your life that you care about. You can't just leave all those dials turned down just because you've turned one up all the way, you know? So, okay, it was turned up for the last while, dial that back down. It's still within the nice little like range of here's the minimum, you know, that is acceptable. And here's the the maximum. It's still in the middle somewhere. It's not like you're just doing the, the bare minimum. Of course, sometimes some weeks, some months, whatever, it might be turned a little bit lower but overall you're still in the kind of sweet spot but that allows you to turn the dial up on other things you know like you're moving country it's like that's a major life like change you know it's like okay so you're turning the dial up on that other thing you're not going to be as focused on your training for the the week two weeks as you move and you do whatever your diet's not going to be absolutely dialed in perfect but you're still doing the the kind of sweet spot the, the middle your your dial isn't tur- turned up to the top but it's you know you're still doing well with it you know um and I think that's, we we talked about this before, where, you know, I always view your life as uh, various seasons, like there's different seasons throughout your life. It's like, sometimes you're in a competitive season, sometimes you're in a like building season, et cetera, you know? Um, and I feel like right now, you're going in for the next like three years of a nice building season. So a lot of that stuff can be, we'll call it automated. It can kind of put it on a like a, and yeah, autopilot, we'll say, you know, it's like, you know what calories and macros you roughly need to hit you don't need to be eating out at Tupperware eating like oh I like the exact same foods every single day during prep you might have done something like that because it just gets rid of a lot of variables get rid of a lot of like mental thinking um but now you're like oh I can eat out I can do xyz I can enjoy food a bit more you know um and I feel like you're in a nice building phase. And obviously look, that also comes around with your business. Like right now, I know you've loads of spaces open for, for coaching because the last year or so you've had to limit your numbers purely because like, I know you like to provide a high level of service and with all the other things that you had going in you, or going on, you couldn't provide that high level service to 20 X extra clients, you know? Um, but I know going forward, you do have a lot more client spaces available Um And obviously this is also part, like you were saying, you spend some time on your education, different phases or whatever. Like I view this year as well for you as an education experience. Like you learned a lot about competing in powerlifting, competing in bodybuilding, and that's only going to help you with your clients going forward as well. You know? Um, But I suppose, is there any, like, I know we've, we've kind of touched on it, but what's the kind of goal in the next five years we'll say, because I want people to also think that you want to set, three five ten year goals with bodybuilding powerlifting all this kind of stuff because it does take time to actually build something you know you often see uh, physique competitors of various types you know bikini competitors like women uh, men in like uh, men's physique less so with the bodybuilders but even there you do see it as well where people compete every single year And they don't actually make a huge amount of progress year on year, you know, like they might make some progress, like a year is a long time, but if you take it that you're going to do a competition, you're going to spend the next, let's say 10 to 12 weeks, probably recovering from that competition. And then you've got what? Three, four months of actual good building before you have to start dieting again, you know? So you've only got four months, we'll say before of actual like building your physique if you're then going to try compete the next year you know so I uh, much more am an advocate of taking a couple of years in between competitions and um, but what is your thought process on that especially as it relates to you What what's your thought process in terms of when do you think you're next going to compete is it going to be powerlifting first or is it going to be bodybuilding what's the story there
1: yeah yeah so so as I mentioned I, I probably won't, won't do a powerlifting competition until like summer or like around Christmas time, uh, over like 2023 and like, again, like part of thing is what it was probably towards the end of the bodybuilding prep, something I didn't really think I was going to be keen to get back into. It's what has built me a decent amount. of was like the base that I have right now. It's something that gives me a huge amount of enjoyment in my training. Again, the competitions, like the apparently competitions, like serve me as like a kind of stop off place to kind of assess my progress. So, again, if I can see by 2025 when I do another bodybuilding season that I've brought my 700 kilo up to, like, 750, 775 or something like that, like, I'll, I'll, again, like, these are, like, once you, like, start passing 700, like, passing that number is, like, you know, you're making pretty substantial, like, kind of gains in terms, like, where you, like, like, on a world level almost, you know? Um, So I want to get, like, as close to, like, kind of almost, like, a world elite level standard as I possibly can over, like, the next few years like, in powerlifting, like, one of my, like, long-term goals with perlison is, to like, represent Ireland at one stage, like, that would be just so cool, um, to get onto an international platform, like, again, it doesn't matter, come first or last, like, it just be up there wearing an Irish singlet, would be amazing, so, like, that's, like, one of my long-term goals with that, so I want to just continue building, like, whether, like, again, whether I, that takes me until I'm a master's, like, when I'm, like, what, I think master's, like, 39 or something like that, so, like, if it takes me up to then like that so be it like that's like one of my kind of overarching goals of powerlifting uh, and then like the powerlifting goal along the way is just to continue building that total up and you know have that as my kind of benchmark of like on you know, my physique development process and then by the time I compete 2025 it should be a little bit more jacked. And then with like the with the bodybuilding I suppose because a lot of it is going to be related to you know those increases in strength and like you know increase in muscle mass over time like you know I definitely will be like setting some kind of like body weight goals as such. Um, So, like, my peak weight that I've ever been at was, like, 98 kilos, uh, which was, like, April in 2021. And, like, I want to get back to around, like, that kind of similar weight, but, like, a little better body composition, which, hopefully, by this stage, I will have a little bit more muscle mass along the way. So, it should look, should sit on me a little bit better by the time I get to it. Now, I'm... 86 at the moment now so i'm like what nine ten kilos (laughs) uh since i finished uh, the bodybuilding shows and like now like that kind of rate of body weight increase is going to slow down so i probably won't reach that like actual peak weight until potentially like the end of 2023 if not like the kind of mid or start of 2024 which is completely fine i want to have this kind of body weight increase to be relatively slow and gradual, especially as I am like at a more kind of like uh, sport adva- advanced level of training advancement at, at, at this stage. So it shouldn't be a kind of fast process. And um, so then in regards to like th- those kind of being kind of goals I can work towards. So like, you know, seeing that kind of the total move up over time, you know, which was related down to like my processes day to day, me showing up to training, uh, me kind of setting smaller kind of training goals along the way, get myself towards them like that's like something i can control i can control my body weight increase up to whatever the 98 odd kilos uh, again relate down to you know me putting the graft in the gym me being diligent with my uh, assessment of my physical process or physical uh progress you know my tracking of macros my uh diligency with my calorie intake throughout the weeks uh all related to like how things i can control then like things i can't control in regards to like bodybuilding season so obviously the next bodybuilding season, like, this this one was all about, again. Similar to my first show, it was all about competing and getting up on stage and kind of seeing where I did kind of measure it in regards to, like, people who have been doing it for a long time. Uh, being able to get to, like, you know, travel, that kind of stuff, was, like, you know, an added bonus. But I would like to, again, by the time I do compete in bodybuilding again, would be to, like, one would be to win it overall. Like, just to win it overall in Ireland would be class because I, w- I won – the, my two classes uh, at the at the Irish competitions, but I didn't win overall. Which so overall, essentially, is like you win uh, between like you know the the lightweight bodybuilding, the heavyweight bodybuilding, the middleweight bodybuilding, the novice, the masters, the teens, the juniors, and you're like the best of the lot of them, right? And I didn't necessarily win either of those this year, so that's what I like, won the goals I have. And then after that is to place higher in like the European competitions. Now again, placings are not necessarily something that I can control but they are something that I can definitely like, I can strive towards in a sense, but it is just going kind to of be related down to well, number one who shows up in a day, but how much kind of effort I put forward in like the next uh, two or three years.
0: Yeah. hundred um, percent. I mean, do you have anything else to kind of wrap this up with or anything else that you want to say to any of your avid followers who have been uh following your journey along the way? Cause obviously look, as realistically only starting you have another 20 years of good competing left in you, you know? Uh, So, do you have anything else to to say? And what kind of people are you looking to work with in terms of coaching this year? Because I know you do have a a good few places on your roster open.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I suppose, like, uh, one thing you did mention uh, in regards to, like, the kind of seasons. So, like, this year, because, obviously, last year, I'd take take my foot off the coaching gas in respect, like, while it's giving a lot of attention towards... Current clients at the time, you know, uh, my capacity to like take in new people, um, and kind of give them the same level of attention as I would have been giving, like even towards myself, for a time period, it was was definitely definitely limited, right? Because that's one thing I did find a little bit kind of more challenging uh, throughout the prep. Like you know, as as stuff started to get a little bit harder, you know, started to get a little bit more like impatient with things. uh, like, definitely like one, one, actually, kind of interesting thing with, with uh, bodybuilding towards the end is like you definitely like start to like lose a lot of like apathy and, and empathy, or you become a bit more uh, apathetic, um, just as a result of like you don't necessarily have much emotions left <laughs> towards the end of the breakfast, just in case of I'm gonna get up and do my things, and that's it. Um, but like you know, that that's your sword now, okay? Very, very much kind of reassuring you, uh, that is a sword. So, yeah, over the, ne- over the next year, I want to help more people essentially gear towards their competitive goals right because there's going to be a lot of people who are, in a, who are in a similar situation to how I was in a few years ago where they've like maybe had these goals like on the back foot or on the back burner and they have never really kind of like uh, committed themselves towards that and like one thing that does help massively is just like well number one having a coach but like also just like committing to the process like there's there's nothing that's going to make you commit to more, a process more than number one entering into competition number two paying somebody to make sure that you get towards that competition um and that's essentially like what 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 coaching can do because like like i know for a fact if over like the last three years i did not have coaching towards these competitions that i was doing, i would not have done nearly as well as a, as i would have um like even like working with my own coach at the moment for for bodybuilding like he's taught me a lot uh in regards to the whole bodybuilding process and then tr- putting yourself through the experience as well kind of teaches you even more so about that um but like i i know for a fact there will be a lot of people who just have not necessarily kind of put their foot down and say right this is something got, that i'm going to do so you know if you are looking to get involved in competing whether it be powerlifting whether it is can like thinking that you'd be right for uh, bodybuilding like you know do do get it do get in touch and we can have a chat uh because like even with like with the bodybuilding, like i will say i i don't think it's probably something that i would almost advise people against unless they are like like two or three years uh outside of like living the kind of like more bodybuilding kind of focused life because it, it, it is intense right it's not like an easy thing to do like you do have to make a lot of sacrifices along the way it's it's long drawn out it's not a holiday it's not a holiday diet right like it's a it's it's a real test of like your your kind of mental kind of character so like it would be advisable that you do get in touch because like if you have not been living you know a, a very consistent uh, bodybuilder-esque lifestyle for like more uh, or for like you know more than two years like you probably need a little bit more time To one, develop the muscle mass that you need to actually get on stage, uh, and like you know, be very proud of what you will have built by the time you do diet down. uh, But also, just make sure you have like the foundational habits in place that will actually get you to stage, without like falling apart mentally, uh, by the time you get there.
0: Yeah, and I think this is important as well because both bodybuilding and powerlifting are multi-year goals, right? Uh, But that doesn't mean that you need to have coaching for all those years. You know, like. You just need someone to set you up correctly. You need someone to put you on the right track. You need someone to go, oh, these are the things that you should be focusing on. This is how we would roughly design a program. This is how we'd roughly design a diet to help you get to those goals in two or three years time, you know? Um, Now, obviously, look, the best case scenario is to get coaching the whole way for three years and then compete. That would be obviously the best case scenario. But like you did with abs, you went in and you got great results without getting the one-to-one, you know, you were following a system, you know, and like, that's something that you I know you do a, a little bit of where you help people like, you know, sort out their programming, you know, you do a lot of that in-house if one of Brian or Dean's clients, they wanted a bit of like training programming. You're like, okay, well, this will set things up for you. Right. Um, so obviously the best case scenario here is someone gets coaching with you for three years, then competes in powerlifting or bodybuilding. But if not, what 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 are you kind of taking people through if they come to you and they're like, look, Shane, I want to compete in August? You know, it's January now. They're like, I want to compete in August in powerlifting or bodybuilding. I don't even know if there's competitions then, but yeah, you know, well, let's just say August, right? <laughs> uh, like that's that's when I want to compete. What's the the process for you? You know, maybe there's someone that has been on and off with training, they're like decent level of muscle mass, decent level of strength. Are you going, right? This is doable or are we just using this as a kind of a gauge a bit of a warm-up i don't think you'd necessarily do that with bodybuilding if someone came to me and said that with bodybuilding i'd probably be like bro we need to take five years to (laughs) to get get to this level but i feel like with powerlifting if you just want to go in and compete and test yourself you can kind of jump in a bit earlier and maybe that's my uh hubris and my lack of understanding of the sport but i feel like that's a little bit easier with powerlifting would that be the case
1: yeah, no, definitely, like, to be honest, like, with a lot of clients who have, like, kind of strength goals as such, I will kind of nudge them in the direction of, like, competing in pair listing competitions, like, pretty early on, mainly for the fact that, again, like, it's, like, it's it's motivating for them to commit themselves to, it gives them, like, a very good direction towards achieving their strength goals in, like, a specific period of time, uh, and then as well, like, generally once they do one, they're like, I want to do more of those, you know, that was fantastic, love like you know the fact that they could get up on platform and everybody's there cheering for them at the one time like everybody being very supportive they get to meet more like-minded people on the day when they're training or when they're competing you know get to compete against people who maybe of like a similar experience level or strength level so like it's a good way for them to kind of maybe kind of mingle in circles where they may not have necessarily gotten to mingle themselves in if they were just training in their own gym and again yeah you don't necessarily need to have like any specific standard to hit before you compete in a parallel competition. Now you don't necessarily need to do it in a bodybuilding competition either, but again, like you know, if somebody's been training like you know six months and have and don't have like great genetics in, in inconsistent with training and they show up in a bodybuilding stage, you know, you're gonna be one of those people who doesn't get looked at, at all. And people are like, that guy lost, like <laughs> you know. Um, so like there's definitely a bit longer timeline. So like if somebody came to me. Like now, and like, was on and off with training. And they're like, they may have good muscle mass, they may have good strength, but if they're on and off with of training, and like, you know, here and there with the nutrition, and they're looking to compete in August, I'd say, well, you need to kind of prove to me first that you can be consistent for a year before you even decide to go into a body of prep. Because, like, like, well, like, once like you commit to prep, like, it's 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 gonna be serious, right? It's like, it's, it's a serious goal, and I'm expecting like a serious pro level like commitment to the process like you're you're not like intermittently hitting your macros you're hitting your macros every day you're not intermittently shown of training you're shown of training training is like the thing that you need to do you're like if something comes up at the weekend you're prioritizing all the prep things around that thing that you need to do the weekend as opposed to the thing you need to do at the weekend right like it is it, that is the, like once you get into a prep like that's pretty much like your kind of own the only goal that you should have at that time in like in my opinion like if you get to an experience level where you can make it something that happens in the background like that is amazing but that could be like 10 20 years into the actual kind of experience itself like if like it's your first year you need to kind of treat it like this is like my baby and i'm gonna take care of it as as much as i can uh so yeah it, like if you're getting into if you're looking to get into body bodybuilding prep now and you're inconsistent like it would need to be a case of like okay like, can you go through a consistent gaining phase for like the next, like, like, you know, six to eight months and then go through a consistent diet for like 12 to 16 weeks and like, you know, not miss a beat. If you can do that, then I probably will have a little bit more trust that you can get into bodybuilding prep and be able to actually kind of accomplish it to the degree that you want to. Because at the end of the day, like as a coach, we bear a lot of the responsibility of like the uh, of the like success and the failures of our clients. And like you know, I don't want some somebody like you know at the end of the process being like, uh, he could he could have kept me more in line, or like he I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready in time, and then that comes back on me because I should have been the one that told somebody that whether they were ready or not. Uh, and then again, at the end of the day, it's um, as I mentioned in regards to the, to the mental process, like how many people get into bodybuilding uh, as a way to like mask their poor body image issues or poor like uh, dietary issues um, in relation to like you know binge eating that kind of thing. And like you do, de- do need to have that time to kind of get somebody kind of uh, assess in in that aspect because like that person could be inconsistent with their diet or they could be inconsistent with their training because they have some of those issues going on. Like maybe that is like they're inconsistent with their diet because not because like they uh, don't like, like you know following the process, but maybe they have like some kind of binge eating issues at the weekend. That shit needs to be smoothed out <laughs> before you start bodybuilding prep. Like that can't that can't be going on because at the end of the day, like that will number one detract from the actual kind of thing you're going to bring to the stage, but detract from like your mental state throughout the entire process. Because if you have this deadline that's, that's coming up and you see that like maybe week, week to week or like every second week that you're having this kind of like relapse in, into kind of old, uh, old behaviors that are not going kind to of helping you towards the process. You will start to get like quite stressed and anxious because you're not getting towards where you need to be in that kind of certain time frame and that kind of date is coming up at a certain stage as well. So that may kind of lead you into kind of poor habit, habits or bad practices in actual, actual lead up to the competition. And whether you tell your coach or not, like that is really going to, going to be up to you and the kind of relationship you do have with the coach, which again, you know, the bodybuilding or coaching in general, it's, it's a relationship. So you should be able to tell your coach pretty much anything. um, Especially if it is like a relation to like, you know, you know, binge eating or something like that. Like you need to be able to tell your coach because they're there to help you with it and they're not the judge um but you know if if you are having this thing that is kind of popping up trip or prep you know and if you're not telling your coach then it's going to be a case like well i didn't really get the support that i needed to to actually kind of facilitate me and kind of eradicate this pro a uh, problem and then as well from the coach's perspective they may not be none the wiser that's so why this is occurring and uh, they will also feel that they may need to just kind of push you a little bit harder because you're not getting results So then as well, they start to cut your calories and start to increase your cardio and then the problem starts to exacerbate itself even more so and then the relationship can like disintegrate completely and the client then could be left in a completely terrible headspace by the end of the actual prep itself.
0: Yeah, and this is why coaching is, or it has to be a collaborative process. Like you have to, like you're building a relationship with your clients. And I know, like this year, you even throughout your prep and stuff, like you did bring a lot of clients to powerlifting stages, for example, you know, like you had a lot of clients that competed in powerlifting. And while that's obviously different than bodybuilding, like it's still something where you have to be dialed in and they have to communicate with you what's going on in their life, you know, because all that stuff does affect your training. It does affect your ability to perform if your sleep is off, your stress, et cetera. So, like if you're going to commit to the process you need to commit and just on that as well like that what you were saying earlier on like if you're going to get someone to compete you want to kind of see them pretty fucking dialed in with everything you know that's what I say to people who want to you know do steroids I'm like look you want to do steroids because you think it's a quick fix but let's see if you can stay the course for whatever 12 16 weeks with good training good nutrition etc before you even consider that stuff because very often people go oh I'm going to go on steroids to mask all their other crappy habits you know they're not getting the results that they want because they're not actually committed to the process you know Um, and where i'm like look commit to the process for six months get your calories and macros dialed in not we're not deviating from that you know okay yeah a little bit over here or there fine but you're 99 (laughs) percent dialed in with things before you even consider any of that stuff and very often people do that and they're like oh actually I don't don't need to do this. I'm actually making results or I'm actually getting results now. I'm actually making gains, you know? Um, But anyway, look, we'll wrap this up here. I'm sure you'll be on the podcast again and everyone obviously should be following you because, you know, there's a lot of exciting things coming up uh, over the next few years for you. Um, Where can people find you on Instagram?
1: Yeah, so you just follow my Instagram, which is at sstory94. And then you can also follow my YouTube. So I haven't had a video in like the last month just with Christmas. I mean, like nobody really wants to see me documenting like me going on nights out and eating like a pig uh, during that process. Well, the last video actually was me eating like a pig. So maybe you do. Um, But you can follow my uh, YouTube. Just uh, type Shane Story or Powerlifter the Bodybuilder. So yeah, I suppose like the next series will be coming out like very, very soon. So uh, yeah, make sure you are following along to follow my kind of journey throughout the process as well as keep up to date with like uh, client results, um, things like just general information I I share on Instagram as well. And yeah, thank you very much for having me.
0: Fantastic. And I will have it linked below where all Shane's stuff is. Um, And also I will have linked the online coaching page. So if you're interested in getting coaching, and you're like, oh, look, I want to talk to Shane. I want to get coaching with Shane. You can either get in contact through there or you can contact Shane on Instagram. I know you chat to people in the DMs, see if they're a good fit for you. See if there's someone that, you know, maybe you could take to the stage or, you know, maybe you're just looking for body composition results. They just want to get healthier, fitter, stronger, generally more muscular, whatever it is. You have a lot of clients like that as well. Um, So yeah, look, anyway, guys, we will see you in the next one. I can't even speak. And I hope everyone has a fantastic year.